What was that thorn in St. Paul's flesh? Father Hugh Barber is next. Hello and welcome to Focus, the Catholic Answers podcast for living, understanding, and defending your Catholic faith. I'm Cy Kellett, your host. And you may be surprised to find this out, but almost every single one of our listeners is a living human being who struggles with sin. Because being a living human being means struggling with sin. And that's what this episode is about. Often that passage in the second letter to the Corinthians where St. Paul talks about the thorn in his flesh, the angel of Satan that comes to uh, you know abuse him, we think of that as a physical ailment, and it may well be. But There's a very long tradition in the Catholic Church that it's not a physical ailment, that it's a sin or a proclivity to sin or an inclination to sin that St. Paul just couldn't overcome. There's really good news in that interpretation of it, really joyful news. And Father Hugh Barber gets right into it. Before we get into that conversation with Father Hugh Barber, however, I would ask you uh, to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and maybe give us that five-star review. Could you? That helps to grow the podcast. Now we'll find out from Father Hugh what one long tradition in the Catholic Church teaches about that thorn in St. Paul's flesh and why that is really good news for you and me. Uh, I want you to help me with St. Paul uh, from the second letter to the Corinthians. Uh, he talks about a thorn in the flesh that was given to him, an angel of Satan to beat me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. I will rather boast most gladly of my weakness in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me. Um, What does that possibly, what could that possibly mean? Power is made perfect in weakness. Those are very uh, powerful words in and of themselves and very helpful to us. Um, we who look every day, hopefully, on the walls of our room or in the house uh, on the crucifix and recognize that Christ Jesus is God who has chosen to take upon himself the burden of human sin and endure the weakness, uh, which is the, the effect of that sin, not the moral weakness in our Lord's case, but endure the full weight of uh, the effects of our sin. Uh, So it's our Lord in the first place who gives us the example because the cross of Christ is, of course, power. It's a victory. In St. John's writings, it's the glory of God. It's the revelation of Christ. And so uh, we're often tempted, especially in the midst of our struggles nowadays, to wonder about why it is that God allows us, in spite of our practice of the faith, say you go to daily mass and you receive communion every day, or you go to confession frequently also, you pray the rosary every day, you make every effort to Mm -hmm. live a Catholic life, and you also try to fulfill your duties and so on, you strive to serve others and so on, and yet you still have besetting sins. Mm Mm-hmm that uh, don't seem to go away, or you're still tempted to besetting sins. Uh, This can be very discouraging, and uh, in the young as well as in the old. 
Yeah, maybe more discouraging in the old, given yeah. that we've had time. Like, yeah, right. You can God, say, well, Lord, how many chances yeah, have you given me to get right, this straightened I've out? I've got about 20 years left <laughs> at max. When yeah. am I going to get my act together, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, but with St. Paul, it's so beautiful because St. Paul was, in a certain sense, graced beyond all the other apostles. Let me take a sip of this coffee here, speaking of power being made. Yep. Right the <laughs> you need a little bit of power for your weakness from the coffee. Right. And so consider St. Paul, who was a very strong personality. Right. I mean, right. he was a real blowhard, but he knew what he was talking about, yeah. both as an observant Jew and also as a convert under the power of Christ. I mean, he was a force to be reckoned with. Yes. And so in, in, in 2 Corinthians 11, he just goes on and on about his qualifications so that he can verify his position as a true apostle because, of course, he wasn't one of the original 12, and yet he is truly an apostle, but an apostle chosen by the Lord after his ascension into heaven, so without any earthly witnesses. And so St. Paul was always having to defend himself against these cavalry. He said, well, he's not really an apostle. There was Judas, and he left, and then they chose Matthias, but this Paul, who is he? he? And uh, so he's always having to defend himself, and defend himself he did, and very vehemently. That's a nice aspect because St. Thomas says, you know, you're not forbidden to defend your reputation and you're not forbidden to seek to have a good reputation. Mm -hmm. If for some reason that's taken away, that's uh, uh, a trial that you're supposed to endure by the providence of God. But everyone has the right to his own good name and to a right understanding of his good works. So when your good deeds are interpreted in an evil way, and sometimes that happens, you have the right to defend yourself. Okay. I mean, that's the foundation of society, right? right. Uh, practically, so Saint Paul defends himself, but then he gets here and he defends himself. But it's wonderful from a point of view of of convincing rhetoric and of a message that really has depth. He first defends himself with all his human virtues, physically, morally, based on his background, his knowledge, everything, and then he says, "Well, not only that, but I know a man." And then he switches to the third person because it's so. Uh, over the top that he doesn't want to say I, I, I. Right. So he says that I know a man who was 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught into the paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. So St. Paul is saying he was lifted up to heaven. Yeah. Now, Strictly speaking, people who are still in this world before death don't have the vision of God. But St. Paul is saying that at least for a moment, at least for an instant, he was given some grace like that. Yeah. It's a pretty amazing claim. And uh, then he goes on and he says, though if I wish to boast, I shall not be a fool for I shall be speaking the truth. So he insists on it. And to keep me from being too elated by the abundance of revelations, a thorn was giving me in the flesh a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. So he was given by God, he says that explicitly, given by God a thorn in the flesh, something as a messenger of the accuser. Now, that means a messenger of someone who accuses you of being morally at fault. Yeah. Right, because the messenger of Do you think this Satan, was a human or a demon? A demon. The, right? A demon, okay. messenger of Satan, I mean, in the sense that like... At least it comes from Satan in that it's a it's a moral accusation. Yeah. And it's some weakness of his that he's had to endure, this thorn in the flesh. Yeah. Um, and I beg the Lord about this, that it should leave me, 
But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So here we have it, that he's willing, in spite of all of his great qualities and the reasons why he should be taken seriously as an apostle, and even though he's been lifted up to the third heaven and has heard things that even angels don't understand and that it's not permitted anyone to utter, uh, that he's willing to have this humiliating, and this is the point, humiliating trial, uh. which uh, confirms his confidence in the power of God. Now that's isn't that something? Okay, I think I see where you're amazing going. Thing, right? Right. Exactly, right. right. Now, um, so do you have any questions about well, where I'm going? Well, yes. Yeah, so part of what must be happening to him by suffering this humiliation of this accusation, which is not necessarily a false accusation, apparently. No, no, he's he's, a true he's, he's confessing it. Yeah. So it so is to keep that, me from being too elated. It's something that would make him ashamed. But he. But what it's doing in part is making it impossible for him to rely on himself. It's making him utterly dependent on on the mercy of Christ. Because if right. he's going to rely on his own goodness, it ain't going to work. Exactly. Okay. So that's where the power and the weakness, it's in his weakness and in the acknowledgement of his weakness that he has to open himself to the power, the redeeming power of Christ, because otherwise he got nothing. Right. Exactly. And so when people ask themselves, well, I prayed... I made efforts, I avoided the occasions of sin, I did this, I did that, and then I still fell into sin. Yeah, right. So what's wrong? Now, if right. you were a Calvinist, you'd think, well, maybe I'm not among the elect. Maybe this yeah. fall into sin is a sign that I'm not destined for heaven. Right. Okay. And there are even some Catholics that think this way because they'll read a meditation by St. Alphonsus on the, 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 the defined number of sins after which God doesn't pardon oh, anymore, yeah, yeah, yeah. all those yeah. scary homilies. Right. Well, they were written, you know, he wrote those mostly, he, he, he preached those to cloistered nuns. Oh, did he? Yeah. So, so he was these are not exactly them. He was preaching them to the, to the morally cromulent. They thought they were okay, yeah. but they weren't. He's trying to wake because them up. He, these, 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 these convents of very um, yeah. loose living, yeah. uh, easy going, easy rich, right. noble convents of yeah. sisters that lived together and had their friends in, had parties and whatnot. I mean, so he was really hard on them. But... Uh, but even so, our Lord has mercy, and I'm sure he loved them too. Teresa of Avila is one of those yeah, you know, right. so in the beginning. So uh, this particular assertion of his is most helpful to us who struggle, especially uh, who struggle with uh, sins of the flesh. He said it's a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. All right. Now, granted, you have very sanitized interpretations of this that are not willing to have any notion that St. Paul might have had some real moral fault yeah. because he is so lofty. St. Paul, if you look at the way the church venerates St. Paul and St. Peter, right. he's among the holiest of the holy. So you've got Our Lady, St. Joseph, John the Baptist, and Peter then you've got Peter and Paul. Yeah. You know, it's right there. And so you, know, you don't want to consider sin in their case. You have a certain no. filial uh, respect. But he himself is the one who says it, that God gave me all of this but still, he even gave me the vision of himself, if that's how you can interpret that one And, I, and look passage, what I am still. And still, 
I am continually troubled by this thorn in the flesh. Now, that didn't mean he gave into it, but the fact is, even if he did, that would be a thorn in the flesh. Now, now what is this thorn in the flesh? This is what we want to talk about. Well, but well, go yeah, ahead. But, well, when you think about it, it's, it's pro- like there's some uh, sins that are lofty spiritual sins and some that are more carnal. And I don't think that this is a lofty spiritual. No. Word. And so the carnal would be lust or gluttony or anger. Or, 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 or uh, attachment to material things. Oh, yeah. yeah right. Reputation. Right. Anything oh. that involves a kind of sensuality. And of course, right. pride is, is contrary to what virtue? Temperance. Okay. Right. Humility is a form of, you know. Oh, so it could be temperance. even something like drinking. It could, it could be. be drinking, but pride, you know, anything that's inordinate enjoyment of some good yeah. has to do with temperance, you know? Yeah. And so that's that. That's it, you know? I don't mean temperance like in the temperance movement. But, right, yeah, know, yeah. But yeah. it could be drinking. But I, I doubt that St. Paul was a drunk, but maybe, you know? But I, I, I don't, I really doubt it. Okay, um, yeah, so but, but but it could be it could it be could any be of these. To it's, it's something fleshy though, now, something carnal. Well, he says uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a thorn in the flesh. Right now, that could still be in the imagination, in the memory. Yeah, uh, it doesn't mean that he was out doing things that he should not do. Who knows? But it could have meant that. It could have meant certain falls. I mean, the scriptures. He knew the scriptures. The scriptures are full of the fall of Adam. Well, it could have right, been could the have sins been, of Noah. Yeah, uh, the sins of uh, of David. For yeah, heaven's yeah. sake! So could he could he have had a, a eye for the ladies? Just been a guy that kind of well, rubbernecks like again. That? I don't want to speak quite so vulgarly of him, but the fact is, whatever well, it was, it could be that. It could be okay, absolutely. And so yeah, I'm trying to do this subtly without being too outrageous. <laughs> well, I'm like, Anyways, I, go ahead. I, yes, person, it could have been it could have been all kinds of things. Okay, it that's could have been fine. temptation to solitary vice, to adultery. <laughs> To, to, to fornication, no, to I wasn't anything. trying to get you to... All right. No, I was just saying, <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, we want to say it because that's... Well, I'm glad you brought it up because that's, that's the... That's the, the, the uh, no, but this the is what horrifies us about ourselves. The playing field of people's discouragement yeah, right. is that even though they believe very strongly, they still fall into these awful sins. And even though they have instances of great intimacy with God where you would think, right. I'll never betray you. No. Where does turn around and betray him the next minute? I no, mean, I was baptized a month after I was born. I made my first communion and prayed the rosary every day with my family. And then I was confirmed and I went off to nice Catholic college and, yeah. and I met nice Catholic young people and went to daily mass and blah, blah, and all the things. Why am I still right. being attacked by these, yeah. Yeah. these I, uh, yeah. thorns in the flesh? Yeah. That's I'm sorry St. if I was Paul's vulgar, message. I apologize. No, no, you weren't. I was probably more vulgar than you were. But okay. anyway, but the point is, it's just that yes, okay. any of these things are possible. And I can prove to you that they're possible by using the authority which will Close the mouths of any people that are so peevish and prissy as not to be able to interpret this passage in its clear meaning. An well, if I may Satan, say, the problem I'll, I'll with being prissy that. about these things, if I may, is yes, a, may. a failure to appreciate the mercy of the Lord. Exactly. If, if, you, if you're prissy about this, then you're never going to appreciate how much he loves you. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you won't appreciate that he forgave you because after all, right. nah, did you even notice? I'm so terribly sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought I took care of that. Um, no. And it's right here. Already says, a thorn was given in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, which means the accuser, to harass me and keep me from being too elated. So it has to be something that's making him humble. And it's a thorn in the flesh harassing him. Okay? Yeah. And he asks the Lord to relieve him of it. And he doesn't. And the Lord says, no, my power is made perfect in weakness. And so St. Paul says, gladly will I boast of my weakness. Boast of it, 
that the wonderful. grace of Christ may be made right. uh, perfect in me. So, That's someone who loves the Lord. So exactly. So let's look at what uh, St. Thomas says about this. It's kind of interesting. Um, he's talking in St. Thomas's commentary on 2 Corinthians, from which has come 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, in regard to this, it should be noted that very often a wise physician procures and permits a lesser disease to come over a person in order to cure or avoid a greater one. This, the apostle shows, was done to him by the physician of souls, our Lord Jesus Christ. For Christ, as a supreme physician of souls, in order to cure grave sins, permits many of his elect to be afflicted gravely in diseases of the body, and which is more for curing greater sins, like pride, permits them to fall into lesser and even mortal sins. Oh, that's hard to take. That's what he says. God permits them to fall into mortal so that, it says, right, permits many of them to be, uh, to fall, to be gravely afflicted so that they can, he can cure them of their sin. All right, this is, that's, that's a consideration, you know. Am, how hard a nut am I to crack? Well, maybe I'm a hard nut to crack. And yeah. then he goes on. He says later on, um, Therefore, because the matter of this vice, that is pride, is mainly found in things that are good, because this matter is something good, because in pride is the inordinate yeah. love of one's own good, Yeah. God sometimes permits his elect to be prevented by something on their part. Infirmity or some other defect... There's sometimes even physical weakness is enough to humiliate someone. You know, that's really true. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely true. Infirmity or some other defect, and sometimes even mortal sin from obtaining such a good in order that they may be so humbled on this account that they will not take pride in it, and that being thus humiliated, they may recognize that they cannot stand by their own powers. That's right That's there. it. There it so is. Yeah. Why does God let me fall into mortal sin? Let's just ask the question so that I'll learn to be humble and not rely on my own strength, which right. means that when I fall, I've got to get up again. And sometimes the message that God wants to send us by a serious fall into grave sin is the message we get after. That is, get up, yeah. rise up, right. make use of the grace of Christ, go to confession and keep on trying. Amen. Yeah. That's the, that's the right. lesson. Not uh, and that which is also a childlike posture exactly. of dependence on on a father exactly. who loves this, you. This is this is the message of Teresa Lisieux. You know, yeah. God is the God of the weak. Right. All right, it's it's the gospel of imperfection. All right, it's practically not speaking, yeah. not the gospel of perfection. It's right there. She says that God God stoops down, and what He wants is children who trust Him utterly. He's looking for souls that will just trust Him no matter what. So He goes on and He quotes from uh, Romans, which is so beautiful. He's, when he says that he sometimes permits even mortal sin in order that they may be so humbled on this account that they n may, will not take pride in it and that being thus humiliated, they may recognize that they cannot stand by their own powers. Hence it is said, we know that in everything, God works for the good of those who love him. Amen. Not by reason of their sin, but by reason of God's providence. And that's, it's right there. God works everything for the good of those who love him. Now, I've, I've quoted that many times, and I've even had a person object to me, but St. Paul's not talking about sin there. And here St. Thomas says, yes, yes he's he is. talking about even mortal sin. Right. Right? He's using that. Right. God uses everything for the good of those who love him. So if you love God, 
Keep on loving him. And if you offend him because you love him, be sorry. And if you're sorry because you love him, what is that called in the catechism? If you're sorry for sin because you love God? Perfect contrition. Perfect contrition. You're forgiven, right? <laughs> it's like, like and, and most right. people that are seeking to follow God, as soon as they offend him grievously, they have perfect contrition. Yeah. They're sorry because they love him. They're sorry they did it. And they have to keep on trying. This makes you love St. Paul more even than his... Uh, I mean, his greatness makes you love him, you know, but this makes you love him even more. Right. Like, like, yeah, absolutely. So there's yeah. a way in which the, the sin also puts us all in the same boat in a certain way. We're all dependent children right. on God. Because you could be like a miserable sinner like you or me, no. or you could be St. Paul, who had all the qualifications no. of nature and of grace, and even mystical experiences that exceed those of Teresa of Avila and John of the Cross and the great mystics. We have to say that. They have to exceed them because the apostles are the source. Yes. Say, Paul right. wasn't a greater mystic than these Carmelite nuns, then we're all in big trouble. Yeah. Sorry, They're folks. the holy apostles. I know we like the Carmelite nuns, but St. Yeah. <laughs> Paul is bigger and better, and they knew that, and we should know that. So when, when such a one as that says that he was continually troubled by a thorn in the flesh, some sin that uh, he couldn't overcome, or the temptation of which he couldn't overcome, and therefore he glories in that temptation, we have to realize, well, we're all in the same boat, as you say. It's, we're, you know, because I could be the most mediocre, feeble Christian with no mystical experience, with a very, very weak grasp on the importance of daily prayer and other things that I've been reminded about a million times, but don't do, mm -hmm. and yet yep. still, Power is made perfect in weakness. Christ will show his power in you if you just keep it up. And that's why today, uh, although this, is, this will be played later, but today is the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of the Rosary of Fatima, put on the calendar by John Paul II for the Universal Church. And so there we have it, you know, this, this, this persistent practice of prayer. Pray the rosary every day, no matter what, no matter what you do, no matter what you didn't do, pray it. Yeah. Insert right. yourself into the mysteries of Christ because it's there that your your weakness will be given power and strength and you'll be able to persevere to the end. It's very good. There was an old Irish priest in uh, the diocese where I grew up, Father McCurtain, and he would always say, pray the rosary every day and you'll never damn your soul. Yeah, yeah. And he's he said, right. He said it like four or five times during the homily. Pray the rosary every day and you'll never damn your soul. He followed that rule of six. Like if you say it six times. Then, then they get then, it. Then they're going to get it. Yeah. He always said that continually. And of course, I never forgot that. He continually said that. Right, right. He says, it doesn't matter. Fast, slow. Just make sure it's every day and you don't give it up. So there you go. And uh, St. Paul is such a one and so are we. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Exhilarating as always. Oh, I really appreciate it. Okay. Uh, yes, God bless you. I don't. Uh, I have to disagree with you when you call you and me miserable sinners. Okay. My primary problem is I'm a perfectly happy sinner. I should be more miserable about it. I need well, to you be, know, I was raised I, with those Anglican <laughs> confession prayers where need, we, 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 yeah. we, Lord, make we, me miserable. We, we bewail our manifold sins and offenses yeah. by which we have, from time to time, most grievously offended. Oh, you, yes. you Anglicans! I say you Anglicans, but yes. uh, man, you can pray in English. Yeah. Those, I, I love those Anglican prayers. Well, I like praying in Latin, though, so. <laughs> Show off. All right, we'll do it then. Pray okay. in Latin. Benedictio Dei Omnipotentis Patris, Afinio Spiritus Sancti, Descendat Super Vos, et Maniat Semper. Amen. Amen.
Even when we have had those high experiences of some great spiritual grace and then later we fall, uh, we should be comforted that in all of it, Christ is present. And we think that those high spiritual experiences, those are the defining experiences of our relationship with Christ. But it's the other ones sometimes that make us most dependent on him and most grateful to him. So we should be grateful that he allows those as well. We shouldn't be seeking them out, but uh, we also shouldn't see those as evidence that our spiritual life is utterly a failure and somehow we have cut ourselves off from the love of God. Hey, we love hearing from you. Send us an email. Focus at Catholic.com is where you can send your emails. We hope you've enjoyed this uh, podcast. Uh, and if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. It means a lot to us if you like and subscribe. And if you are of the mind to support this work, we think it's important work. We certainly love doing it. We hope you like uh, listening to it. We could use your financial support at givecatholic.com. I'm Cy Kelly, your host. We'll see you next time, God willing, right here on Catholic Answers Focus.